Hi, this is Chuck at Lazarus Recovery Podcast, and this is uh, episode four, and I'm introducing this in a, in a sort of new way. Uh, the, the previous episode, I read part of uh, the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous. Well, this is Lazarus Recovery Podcast at the junction of faith and recovery. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to use alternate episodes to read portions of the texts that come. And it turns out that for faith, you know, the, the, the text is the Bible. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, read, read a portion and chop it up a little bit and do a little explanation of it. So this is probably the one where the recovery people are going to head for cover and the faith people are going to stick around a little bit. Um, But this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to read a little bit of it, and I'm going to read the whole portion. I might edit a lot out, but um, I want you to hear some of it. It's going to be a little difficult to listen to for the recovery people, but um, this is the junction of faith and recovery. And I want to sort of explain what I'm reading. So uh, the book I'm uh, reading from is Proverbs. It's in the Old Testament, um, you know, Psalms and Proverbs. So in the middle of the Old Testament, you can find it. I'm reading out of the uh, New International Version, and I'll explain versions, you know, in uh, coming episodes. But right now, I'm, I like the NIV and um, I'll read out of the NIV. So this is Proverbs 1, and I'm starting at verse 7. Uh, Fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise freedom. Then I skip to uh, verse 22. How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Repent at my rebuke then I will pour out my thoughts to you, and I will make known to you my teachings. But since you refuse to listen when I call, and no one pays attention when I stretch out my hand, since you disregard all my advice and do not accept my rebuke, I will, in turn, will laugh when a disaster strikes you. I will mock when calamity overtakes you. When calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind, when distress and trouble overwhelm you, then... They will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but will not find me. Since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord, since they would not accept my advice and spurn my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. Um, This is pretty tough stuff um and i'm sure if you're in recovery uh, i don't i don't recognize that higher power um you know and i get that i get that but i think that um you know the new testament is obviously a little easier to handle in some cases but in others it's uh it's tough you know that's why there are so many flavors of Christianity because people 
you know, have to sort of uh, moderate the moderate the the Bible truth so that it's uh, swallow able to be swallowed by people. Um, but my opinion is, it's like you know, we just need to we need to grapple with what is there, um, and if you want to understand. Recovery people want to understand faith people. They got to understand that at least the the Christian crew, you know, this is what this, if you understand the Bible, you can understand them, you know, um, and you got to understand the way faith people take the Bible, you know, uh, the conservative ones take it as, you know, uh, the literal voice of God. In other words, they take it as truth, you know, and then they they take it that their job is to interpret, swallow that truth, metabolize it, and act on it. Like I talked last time about recovery is, you know, coming to know the truth, metabolizing it, and then acting upon the truth that you understand. Well, if you want to understand Christian faith people— you got to understand that they're basically in some form or fashion trying to, you know, metabolize and absorb the Bible and apply it in their lives. So if you want to understand them, you can say you got to understand the Bible. And then you say, well, that, that shows that they're idiots because they believe all this stuff. Well, you got to be a little careful because, you know, how do you know that what they're saying isn't true. You know, that's that's the wrinkle. You're you're betting that God can't have the power and the intelligence to speak coherently to human beings. You know, we say, well it's not it's not real. You know, all you you just go online and go to YouTube and you can get a million you know, YouTube videos about how screwed up it is and it's no good and it's bogus and everything like that. And you're going to notice that they take that step in order, not because they're mad at God or anything like that. It's not that they're mad at God or anything like that. They're, they're just... They're, they're just not comfortable with the direction the Bible's going in. It, it impinges on stuff that they're doing. It, it, it creates problems for their understanding of the way things are. And, and that's just a pain. It's a pain for everybody. But in certain populations, it, the Bible is, it is a real problem, um, and, and, you know, it's under, I completely understand why people get so frustrated with it because they're cemented, cemented to a way of thinking and acting and doing, and they, the Bible collides with them. And I get it. I get it completely. You know, it's, it's, the Bible is uncomfortable for everybody, but more uncomfortable some than others. And, you know, so I'm going to go through a few of the little things that it said and we'll talk a little bit about that, and then we'll we'll move on to a story and some other stuff. But this 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 whole thing is, I think, um, 
an explanation of why there's a division and a divide between recovery people and faith, especially Christian people. Now, there are some Christian uh, persuasions that have uh, basically sort of, you know, accepted the fact that that they like to think of the they take what they know as the spirit of God and they just basically drive everything that's against their understanding of God under a low bridge and that's the way they run their 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 particular flavor of Christian. And you you can find them. It's not hard. You can find a Christian fellowship that that basically is uh you know, going to be sort of heavy on, oh, God must be wonderful, and a little light on the stuff that's in the, in the Bible. So we'll, I'll talk a little bit about that. I'll probably get in trouble. I'll talk a little bit about it. You know, you know, the signs of where you can find people that, you know, edge a little off the literal interpretation and more off their own idea of, of how they think God would really be. But right now, just for right now, just for Proverbs, and that's what I'm going to, I'm going to talk out of Proverbs because it's, uh, it's sort of cool. Um, but it said, the, I highlighted the, 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 the verse, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and fools despise wisdom and instruction. That is hard to deal with. You know, that's, that's a, that's a hard, hard piece to bite. But, you know, if you're going to understand the junction between faith and recovery, you got to understand this particular verse and how it's applied. You know, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. You know, conservative faith people believe the Bible and believe God and believe he is... He, he is the way he is, you know. They believe that God doesn't bend to our opinions. It's his opinion that matters. And coming to, coming to God is, is changing our mind about what we think about things. It turns out that changing our mind is, is basically an interpretation of the word repent. You know, and repent is the sort of the, you know, come to Jesus, you know, turn your life and your will over, repent and be saved. That's the, that's the repent word they're talking about. It's basically changing your, your mind and moving your whole life in a different direction. Not exactly what you want to hear. You know, a drunk getting sober he wants, or an addict getting sober, uh, he just doesn't want the consequences of his actions, but he wants to be able to do what he wants. You know, I've had it, you know, in my early days in Christendom and everything like that. I knew a guy, I was in AA, and I knew a guy, and he went to a Billy Graham crusade, and he gave his hat to the Lord. He was full deal saved and everything like that. And so he, he was willing to go to a Bible study. But then he sat through one, maybe one and a half, 
and then he disappeared because not too quickly afterwards he realized that his lifestyle was being challenged you know um you know he, he was a nice guy but he was a he was very serial about the the physical relationships he got into with women in the program i mean and anybody in the program knows that you know somebody you know their name you know their place you know their habits and that's not unusual you know some people are just that way they're very serial about their physical relationships with the opposite sex or some are there they go for the same sex but they're just it's just they they're they don't consider serial non-monogamous relationships as being a problem so naturally they collide with the bible and you know most situations they're out the door you know, and that's, that's, that's what the word does, you know, and you can say it's the word's fault, or you can say it's just, it's, it's not acceptable. And if you say it's not acceptable, then you're, you're going to have to do a little heavy shopping to find a Christian fellowship that um, is going to fit your, your choices that you insist on keeping and doing. But that's what faith and recovery differences are, you know. Um, and, and that's why, you know, the Bible is so offensive because it draws lines that, you know, a lot of people just do not want to draw because it takes away options. You know, it's simple. You know, it takes away options. You know, and you say, well, it's the Bible's fault. And there are people, and there are whole church denominations and ways of going about it that eliminate that unpleasant, unacceptable thing about it. You know, they they say, well, you know, God is all love, and he doesn't do that. Well, you know, at the junction of faith and recovery, you're going to have to realize that when you go the faith way, at least the Christian faith way, you're going to collide with that. You even go the Muslim way, you're going to get a lot, you know. So they're very religious, you know, and so there there are no's there are no's there too. So you know the thing of the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, beginning of knowledge, and fools despise wisdom and instruction. That's Bible. That's Bible. If you you come to the Lord, that's you're going to have to. You're going to have to sit down, hold your nose, and eat that. You know, you might not accept it, but you've got to allow God to say what he wants to say. You know, so this, this, is what I, this is why Proverbs is so good. It challenges you in places you don't want to be challenged. You know, how long will you who are simple love your simple ways? It's saying, you know, just, you know, in a, in a very secular way, how long are you going to be stupid? Because you're going to beat your brains in demanding that I be who you are, and I ain't, I ain't that guy. 
You know, he said, you're, you're going to have to come to grips with the fact that I am who I am. And you're the one that's going to have to take a deep breath and metabolize that and decide that, you know, yeah, you're the guy that rules. I don't rule. The bond benefit of that is that uh, you got a guy that can. God can and will do what he wants to do. And, you know, the Bible claims he's all-powerful, you know, and you got to come to grips with that and figure out whether that's true. You know, the Bible is saying, uh, you believe this or not? You know, are you going to act on that belief? You know, that's, that's sort of where faith is. Are you going to act on this? Or are you going to at least try to act on it? You know, that's, that's the dilemma. You know, regular secular recovery um, is a little more easygoing. They have their do's and their don'ts. But they certainly, you know, in my years in AA, you know, they're pretty open-minded to people of, of, of creative faith. And, um, yeah, there's, there's moral things, you know. I mean, it's like, you know, that you, you can find the sort of moral you know, baseline in AA and NA, you know. Um, but it's not a biblical baseline. It is simply a, a reasonably popular moral baseline, you know. You know, don't be an idiot. Don't be a fool. Don't be selfish. Don't be stupid. You know, in other words, do not be a, uh, and I can't use the word, um, you know, it, it's, it's basically, you know, in recovery circles, a new person, at least in AA, was called a pigeon. Um, and there was a habit among some men and some women of hanging by the door when a new papal came in, they'd swoop in and basically wow them with their recovery and then, you know, start in relationships with them that really weren't a good idea, that were destructive and dangerous. And, and often those people left and disgust and then died of their addiction. So it's, a, it's, a, it's not a pretty picture. And we had a word for that, and I can't, I can't use the words, you know, because they'll throw me off. But it was not a compliment. It was not a compliment. And it shows you that AA had, had morals. Their morals were basically, don't care what you do, but don't drink, don't use. And if you do stuff that hurts somebody else staying sober, then we're, we're, not, we're not with you. You know, and that, that whole thing of people preying on newly sober people um, to, to gratify themselves was you know, a bridge too far for recovery people. Understandably so, you know. So there was morality in, in recovery circles, but it circled a little bit around, you know, we only have one thing, we don't drink, we don't use, or we don't use drugs. You know, that's the basic baseline of morality. We, we're here to not drink, not use, and not die. And if you get in the way of that, then... You know, you're not good and we're going we're gonna to come down on you. But God's saying, I have my ways. And when you don't do it my way, you know, the whole thing is going to fall apart because it's just not going to work. 
you know. So, so that's the junction of faith and recovery, you know. That is the the difference, you know. And you, you inevitably you're going to have to decide whether something is outrageous. And I use the word outrageous not because I believe it's outrageous, but because I think that it is something you've got to come to grips with because, you know, the Bible is going to say things that you, even in recovery, you're going to say are completely outrageous, completely outrageous, you know. And it's one of those things, like Jesus said, you know, he said some stuff that was really hard to deal with. You know, you got to eat my eat my flesh and drink my blood. And they were like, whoa, we're done. We're out of here. He says, "What's what are you doing? You're, just because I say I eat my flesh and drink my blood, you're, you're, you're going to bolt. Where are you, you going to go? And their answer was, where can we go? Where can we go? You know, no one has the, the words of life that you have. You know, they didn't say like what he said. They just said, where are we going to go? You know, who does what you do? And that's the issue for all of us. Who does what he does? You know, not just then, but now. If you walk walk along with the Lord, you see some stuff that you go, whoa. Whoa, that is, that, that, I, I have no explanation for that. I have none. I have zero, you know. Um, as you walk with him, you know, he reveals himself just the way he did at the, for the disciples. They walked along with him, and he revealed himself. You know, um, you walk along along with him for a while, and you're going to have stories. Whoa, how did that happen? What 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 is that? Whoa, who is this that does that? Who can do that? Who can do that? You know, and that's usually the story for people that decide even temporarily to walk with him, to give him a chance to walk along with him, it's generally, whoa. Uh, that, that I, I, I have no explanation for that. You know, um, I, 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 no, I, that I don't understand. You know, I never got free from that before, ever. There was no hope. All I wanted to do was drink and use and postponed death for a while and that was my expectation and then I asked God in my life and then Jesus comes in my life and then what that, what, what wait wait a minute that that doesn't happen it does happen you know then you start reading the Bible and you start saying okay well uh, okay let me just just work with me here and that's the that's the process. Recovery people, you know, they're pretty much, uh, you know, God without definition, and and God works with that. He does, but, um, you know, that's the difference between faith and recovery, uh, Christian faith and recovery. Now I get it completely. You say, yeah, but I know Christians, and I say, trust me. I've been in the church for 40 years, and I grew up in a church. Trust me, you can't look at Christians and judge God's, Jesus' character. It's impossible because 
oh God, it is impossible. You know, the Jesus I've found, um, just, it's just, you know, you just go, oh, it's a face plant. It's like, oh my God, that's ridiculous. These are professing Christians that are being utterly stupid and utterly embarrassing and downright awful. Um, but the funny thing is, is that, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because behind it all is the Savior. And as you learn from him, it changes you, you know. And, and as, as hard as it's been for me to walk these years in a Christian church with all the craziness, I've never known Jesus to fail, ever, 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 ever. You know, I'm a little bit too much Jesus here, and I apologize. But the Bible does that, you know. It's like, oh, my God, this is awful. This is this, oh, my God, this is awful. And then you think about it a little bit, you chew a little bit about it, and then all of a sudden the compass starts to swing. And it swings, and then all of a sudden you realize that, oh, my God, it's pointing at Jesus. No, no, that can't be true. And you go off and you do a bunch of stuff, and then another time you're studying the Bible and you're thinking about it, and all of a sudden, not with, against your will, all of a sudden you realize it's swung and it's pointing directly at Jesus. And you go, uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh oh, there's something here. And that is what it is all about. That is what it's all about. You know, um, if you give the Lord a half a chance, you know, he'll prove himself. You know, I mean, I, I didn't mean to do this. I'm trying to stay away from doing this proselytizing thing. But. You know, you're an AA person, you're an NA person, you're just a God-as-I-understand-him person, which is great. But I dare you, I absolutely, utterly dare you, in the, in the hardness of your unbelieving about Jesus' heart, in the coldness of it, just, yeah, I don't believe in Jesus. I don't believe it's not, it's like, it's never going to happen. But Jesus, who I know is not there, if you're there, could you please show me? I don't believe it, but show me. You know, the funny thing is, he will. And then you're in a bit of a bind because, you know, all your disagreement and disbelief and stuff is challenged by, you know, uh, an insertion of something that you just didn't expect. And, and that's going to be a problem. That's, that, that, trust me, it is, it is difficult because you're like, you're just like, you're just, you're whooped and beaten because, and you have the complete, 
never forces anything. He never forces a thing. You know, there's no, I'm going to leverage you. You're going to blah, 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 blah. He says, it's up to you, completely up to you. You know, you asked me and I showed you. Now, what are you going to do? I'm not going to chase you. You know, you asked me. Now, what are you going to do with that? What are you you going to do with that? I'm not going to do anything. Okay, fine. Great, good. Okay. You know, but then you're going to, you're, You know, you talk to him, and you have a conversation with him. It leaves something. It doesn't leave a mark. It doesn't leave a scar. There's a, it leaves us a hunger. It leaves a yearning. It leaves something not bad, not forced, just damn. And so you go back and you ask them, uh, well, you know, maybe I'm still free, but just eh, what's going on? And that sweet, quiet, spiritual voice comes into your spirit and talks some more. And you go, okay. Yeah, okay. Um, and if you're honest, you just want to keep up the conversation. And he doesn't force you or anything. You just, you just, you just keep up the conversation, you know. And then after a while, it's like, yeah, okay. And 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 a, and a sort of this quiet desire builds, and you say, okay, Lord, Lord, fine, okay, you know. And you talk to some people. You say, okay, I'm, I guess, you know. Um, you know, and you you finally turn your will and your life over to him. You know, and you don't feel trapped. He says, "Hey, Lord," he said, "You can walk away anytime you want." But very soon, it's like you wouldn't think of walking away. Why would I walk away from something that's that that gives and empowers so much? causes changes but you know you just you, it's it's there's no coercion there's no nothing there's just a growing want to know him better you know and I didn't mean to do this I, this is like I didn't mean to do this at all I want to be very low-key about this but you know um it was when you look at the word, and the word is like, "Oh my God, what's that?" Then you have to start to think about it, you know, and and that's that's where it leads. I chased a girl into a prayer meeting. Um, you know, I really wanted a girl really bad. Um, she wasn't good for me, but I wanted it, sort of my pattern. Um, but you know, I didn't get the girl, but I got the Lord. And, um, you know, I haven't regretted. He's been there in every trouble that I've had. He's carried me through and everything. But, you know, that's, that's what recovery is about. Recovery is about discovering truth and acting on it. Well, one of the major truths you discover is the fact that, damn, what if this Jesus thing is real? Uh, absent the fact that, 
Christians sometimes are absolute idiots. You know, I mean, it gets to the point, finally, you get to the point. I don't care whether you, Christians are idiots. Jesus is not an idiot. You know, um, the only problem with Christians is they don't follow Jesus. But, you know, I want, I want him. I want him and his spirit and his thing acting actively in my life. You know, and I'm going to ignore the foolishness of Christians, and I'm going to go and, and seek Jesus out. You know, and, and you know, then you find out he's real. He's real, real. And uh, irregardless of the foolishness of professing Christians, who are, I mean, completely idiots these days. You know, I mean, it is like amazingly the idiocy of the thing. But it hasn't changed Jesus at all. So that is, I think, you know, episode four. Yes, I think episode four. You know, I mean, I couldn't couldn't go more than four episodes without doing a hardcore Jesus thing. Um, I apologize. I'll try to be better next time. Doubt it. But, um, you know, so that's a pretty hardcore Jesus thing. Um, you know, and I can't guarantee you that every time you go to a Jesus person, you're going to get something nice. You know, I mean, they're, they're, they're going to come and dump on you. They're going to come and lay a trip on you. They're going to, they're going to tell you, you can't do this and you can't do that. You can do anything you want. You know, the problem is, is that, you know, you can't guarantee the consequences of what you do. You know, I want to do what I want to do, but I don't want any consequences. Nobody in their right mind that know Jesus can tell you that. You know, it's, it is, you know, Christian faith is all about consequences, you know, guarantees and consequences, you know, saved by grace through faith, you know, isn't that the, the epitome of, of consequences? Isn't that the epitome of, you know, God providing a way not to have the consequences we deserve? You know, you say, well, what I, what, what have I, I, you know, most guys in the program think I'm great. Yeah. Okay. You know, uh, most of the guys in the program don't have contacts with the eternal thing either. Most of the guys in the program don't have even the vision beyond, you know, they can, they can envision their first breath and their last breath. Anything beyond that, they have no authority to say boo about. You know, so, you know, your sponsor says it's not a problem. Stay away from Jesus. Fine. You know, uh, does he have a, a hold after his last breath? Not really. Not really at all. You know, um, I mean, he'd like to think so, but he really doesn't. You know, um, so it's, it's, you know, recovery... Secular recovery is right now surviving and not dying. That's what secular recovery is. It's operationally finding a way not to die from addiction or whatever and taking one more breath 
That's what secular recovery is. And they're very good at it. And living a life second to none between the first breath and the last breath, they are excellent at it. You know, you will get a life second to none between the first breath and the last breath. Absolutely not a problem. You know, it's, 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 it's a given. You follow their program, you know, you go with them and you do and you do and you're faithful, you ask for help and do the thing. You will have a life second to none between the first breath and the last breath. Absolutely guaranteed. Utterly guaranteed. But they have no ability to guarantee after the last breath. They have no guarantee. Nobody really has it. I mean, that's where you have to start thinking, well, if the Bible is true, then Jesus says, you know, you know, he basically, you know, you come to me, I'm eternal, you're eternal. That's that's the thing, you know, and you know, the consequences of your action, you know, are absorbed by your trusting me. Doesn't make any sense. But, you know, if he's alive, he took his last breath and he's alive. And he proves it to you he's alive. So you got to sort of say, hey, you know. And then when you come to him, he, he reassures you and reestablishes and proves to you that he's able to do that. It's always faith. It's always like, you know, saved by grace through faith. You know, works don't do it. It's saved by grace through faith. Believing on him and him alone, you know, that whole thing. It's theology. But what are you going to do? What Seriously, what are you going to do? You know, um, a secular recovery life second to none is only about between the first breath and the last breath. That's all it is. And they're, you know, this is what it is. But then there's that thing that says, you know, they talk at funerals. It's like he died sober or she died sober, which is like sort of saying, well, if they're sober and God kept them sober, then they must have favor. And, you know, I, I you know, it was one of those things, you know, um, you know, oh, he, he died sober, you know. So he must be okay because God must have kept him sober, so he must be okay with God. Okay. That's the way you want to go about it? Fine, good. You know, um, Christians are going to have a little bit of a problem with that, but then they have a lot of problem with a lot of things. But, you know, it's better to find and experience who Jesus is for real and then come to realize that, yeah, he is a guy that can say, if he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you, then you can take it to the bank because he doesn't lie and he has the power to make it happen. So you can take that to the bank, you know, but you don't know that you can take it to the bank because you haven't ever come to him and experienced the new life that he reinforces day at a time, week at a time, month at a time, year at a time. Yeah. You know, saved by grace through faith, you know, um, and he has the keys of heaven and hell. And so it's, 
it's it's a it's a thing. So, you know, my thing is don't drink, go to a meeting, you know, ask Jesus for help. And um, I know you're probably not going to come back after that one. Um, I, I, I can't do it any other way. It's just simply, I want to tell you the difference between, you know, faith and recovery and the types of faith, the types of recovery, you know, and give you the information to make the decision. But this is sort of what I believe, you know, and it's, it's Proverbs tells you, you know, at the, you know, they, at the very end, you know, they will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but will not find me since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord since they would not accept my advice, spurn my rebuke. They will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes for the waywardness of the simple will kill them and a complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. That's a heck of a promise. And that's an old Testament promise. That's an Old Testament promise. So this is Chuck at Lazarus Recovery Podcast, and I just want you to, uh, you know, be be blessed. And I think I'm not supposed to be where I am. Thank you. Bye-bye.